Welcome to this NFC Championship edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long, joined by my broadcast partners, Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr, about 48 hours away from Rams and Niners round three. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? I'm feeling great. Um, I feel like the Rams are getting healthy. Uh, I feel like they're playing the second best in the playoffs right now. Um, averaging 32 points a game. The Chiefs obviously averaging 42. You can't say that it, many teams are playing better than them right now. But uh, the Rams have been doing a really good job. And, and, and we all know around this time, it's all about as being as close to 100% as a team, having your starters out there as possible. And the Rams are, are doing a really good job with that. DeMarco, you've been around this rivalry for most of your life. How good is this? Good. Very good. Awesome. Scary. Uh, this is a franchise builder. It really is. Um, if you really want to build fans and, you know, captivate your community, this is how you do it. Win games like this. Uh, the NFC Championship in your house to play in a Super Bowl in your house. Now, the opposite is also true. Uh, the last thing you want is at San Francisco to come in here and win the biggest game of the year and then play for a Super Bowl in your house. So this is huge. Uh, I'm trying to keep it all in, trying to keep it all in check. Uh, it's only Friday. Got to get to Sunday, but it's hard, man. This is a big game, guys. This is huge. This is for all the marbles. <laughs> I was thinking back to last week's show and previewing the chance to have this opportunity. And one of the things we said was one of these days, one of these weeks, we're going to have to start with the kicking game, right? We tend to save that for last. A little bit of an afterthought. Well, in the divisional rounds, I mean, three walk-off kicks. Are you kidding me? Uh, we, we really had to go down that road, I think, here. And especially with Matt Gay booting the Rams into this NFC Championship game. And with San Francisco winning on the frozen tundra without the benefit of an offensive touchdown. So, Maurice, how vital will special teams be in this round three matchup? Uh, I think it'll be huge. Um you know, when you when, we, when I went back and watched that Niners-Packers game, you kind of look at the special teams. Both special teams have plagued teams, right? And the Packers obviously had an issue. And so this is a, a, a great chance, which we've seen. The Rams in the Week 18 had a big return, uh, which allowed, you know, kind of get to, get out to that big lead. Um, you can take control of this if you're the Rams. This is, this is a, um, a, a, a phase of the game that you can win. And you have to win, right? Either by field position with Johnny Hecker or a big return by your kicking, uh, your return game, or by Matt Gay with field goals. You have to win this one. You have to win. We can't say it's a toss up on this one like you can do offense or defense. You have to win this one, especially at home, because again, you have to understand you have to find a way to either make them go the long way or continue to have short fields like you've had over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, San Francisco has been bogged down by its kicking game for much of the year. Likewise for the Green Bay Packers, that turned out to be the narrative there in that other divisional game. Robbie Gold, their kicker, you may have heard, perfect for the postseason throughout his career. We'll see if that continues at SoFi Stadium. DeMarco, meanwhile, for Jody Camillus and the Rams, it's been an incredible midseason turnaround. I mean, nearly every phase of the kicking game is going well. We talked about Gay. Johnny Hecker has put some of his best punts on the field in the postseason. Ben Skoranek downing nearly everything inside the 10. Um, give me your sense of how much that unit will contribute to Sunday's effort. I don't know if this is for public consumption, but I have re-nicknamed Ben Skoranek 
criminal intent, the way he goes no. down. I mean, he is going hell-bent for leather. You love it. Uh, he's got bad intentions. Uh, when he knocked the returner out, uh, that's huge. Uh, the way he goes down and fetches punts for Johnny Hecker, that's huge. The guy wants to put you on the one. I love when guys take their job or that job seriously. But uh, part of the perks of being on the sideline is I get to watch that battery, Orzik, uh, Matt Gay, and Johnny Hecker work. And, you know, I mean, you're used to a certain group, and then you're trying to get used to this group and watching these guys work, and then Joe D. Camillo's coming in and uh, just giving those guys coaching points. But to me, I think what really solidified the, uh, the uh, special teams, tell me if I'm wrong, ever since Brandon Powell became your leading punt returner, everything just kind of settled down. When you finally got that position settled and you have a return guy that not only that you trust to field it but can return it and is dangerous since then the special teams have become special and they went to a whole new level uh in the postseason so that has to continue but for joe DiCamillis, you have to work everything you have to rep everything hands team kick off deep uh if you get a safety how are you going to handle that because it's ultra critical the last thing you want to do is give up a block field goal or a block punt right now in the nfc championship game and also, you got to say this: you got to have something up your sleeve too. Let's just be honest. Well. Yeah. If you're the Rams, you got to have something. You got to steal a possession, right? Yeah. Um, you don't. You don't go losing to a team three years straight without finding a way to steal a possession or blocking a, one of their punts or blocking a field goal or something on those lines. Maybe it's a surprise onside kick. Whatever it may be, you have to try to steal a possession to get your offense the ball again. Hmm. All right, hope we did the kicking game, the third phase. Good service here in anticipation of this matchup. Now the headliners, and let's go to the quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo. The Rams, as you know, have yet to beat Jimmy G. <laughs> Every week we're talking about could this be his last game as a 49er. His best games as a Niner have come against the Rams. But let's start with Matthew Stafford. And, and I'll overlook week 10 for the moment. Now you can revisit that if you want to, guys. We know multiple turnovers in both games against the Niners this year. But to me, the week 18 storyline is more significant, more compelling, DeMarco, because their four, their front four was winning against the Rams five offensive linemen. And I think that became, to me, the dominant theme of their of their comeback and what happened in week 18, even though Matthew Stafford against that pressure, I thought played one of his best games. I thought so too. And I, I thought one sack, uh, the, the third and one call, late in the second quarter where Bosa gets you or they get pressure, they get the sack, they get the field goal, they go into the locker room feeling good about themselves and they come out and steamroll you in the second half. Uh, so up until that point, I thought you've done yeoman's work on the offensive line. It's going to be tough sledding uh, to try to move the football against them. That defensive line is, is really, really good. They deserve to be here. Eric Armstead, for some reason, has found the fountain of youth. Uh, he's become unblockable at times, and we've you've heard me mention Bosa quite a bit, but they do a really good job protecting Fred Warner, getting him to the football, and then they earn the right to rush the passer, and they're put in, in positions to win on the outside. So if you're Matt Stafford, you know it, you're not going to have clean pockets. Uh, you're going to have to dance around and find those empty spots in the, in the pocket to throw the football, and you have to be accurate out of it. So whatever the game dictates, that's what he's going to have to be. Uh, versus Arizona, all you had to do was stay out in front and not mess it up. You were playing a great game. Your defense was playing a great game. He did that job well. Versus Tampa in Tampa, you had to outgoat the goat, and he did. Versus San Francisco, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be nasty. Uh, your uniform is going to get dirty, even though you're playing on turf, and you're going to get hit. Uh, but you have to overcome every single one of those things and be accurate and be on the money when your time is called. 
DeMarco, the big difference that I see, too, is Arizona, you knew they were going to come after you. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay, you knew that Todd Bowles was going to come after you. Maurice, San Francisco is different. They play coverage behind, you know, they play zone. They do a good job of it. When they have to play man, they get torched. It has not been pretty. So because of what they have up front, they don't have to send extras at Matthew Stafford, who is at his best against blitzes. Can you get San Francisco into any type of man coverage situations this week? I think you can, and, and they've taken advantage of it. Uh, some of this is the thing. You have to find a way, like DeMarco said, to take what they give you. Force them to take away the short passes, right? When you, you talked about the Buccaneers, we knew they were going to play man-to-man. That's what Todd Bowles does. That's who he is. That's how he's won his championships. He wants to do that. The Niners and D'Amico Ryans, they're, they're a little different. They want to play cover two, cover three. They want to mix it. They want to make it look the same. So that means take the check down. And guess what? Cam Akers is back, which we've seen again. That is a dynamic weapon on the checkdown. The key is this. Once they start to blitz, because D'Amico Ryans will blitz in certain situations and play man if he feels like the checkdown is hurting him, that's when you're able to take your shots. And it, it goes back to when you play those type of teams. If you go back and you look at the Seahawks versus the Patriots Super Bowl, if you look at those Seattle teams, when they have the Legion of Boom. You have to be a patient quarterback to beat them. You can't force the ball down the field because they, that's what they want you to do. They're playing for the deep ball. But if you take the five-yard check down, if you do what you did when you threw the, the uh, three-yard route to Odell and he came scampering across the field for 20 yards to get the first down, I think it was on second and 20 or first and 20 against Tampa, the run after the catch is going to be important against the Niners because what happens is if you start to get a lot of run after the catch, they have to uh, like try to eliminate that, which means they're going to come down, play a little tighter coverage, which equals man-to-man, and now you have those opportunities to take those shots. Let me follow up on Cam Akers there, Maurice, because you brought him up. I cannot wait for the comeback week for Cam Akers. Like, if you thought his physical comeback from an Achilles was impressive, my sense is wait till you see what he does against these 49ers. How many points of pressure on the football this week for 23 in Royal and Seoul? It looks like it's going to be 23 points of pressure. I mean, no, <laughs> listen, you got, this is the thing. And, and it's so funny because I've had games like that where I remember on a Monday night game playing the Baltimore Ravens, I had 100 100 yards rushing. I had three fumbles. I should have scored three times. I fumbled every time. And it just – it happens sometimes. And he's been close, right? In that Arizona game, he had one that was close when he was going down. They tripped him. They said his leg was down. So it's been getting there. And that's part of not playing for a whole year and not being accustomed to the guys stripping the ball. Even though they try it in practice, you don't get those live reps, right? So that happens. I think when you're what you're going to get now is a guy that's going to run determined, a guy that's going to protect the football – and you're going to see what we talked about, what DeMarco talked about and on our broadcast last time, is the way he finishes his runs, right? <laughs> you have to finish those runs. Understanding that uh, Greenlaw, was it Dre Greenlaw? He is their enforcer. Yeah. He's the one that's going to come and try to lay the boom. So you have to take attack him before he attacks you. And again, if you can't run the ball on a team, and they're, which the Niners are a really good run team, just check the ball down. Yeah. It's another run. A quick swing route here, a two-yard check down, that becomes a running play where you get the ball into your playmaker's hands and go. So I, I'm excited to see how he bounces back as well. Yeah. I would give Benny Sko that directive. Go get Greenlaw. Go crack him. Absolutely. You got psychos? We got psychos. Let's meet in the middle of the field. Let's see who wins. <laughs> right. All right, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense. And DeMarco, I actually feel some parallels from last week to this week, not to connect TB12 and Jimmy G, right? Like different ends of the quarterbacking spectrum. Okay. I get that. But where I sense it is time to throw. There was a juncture in that game early on where the Rams knew 
that Brady was on a short clock and he mm -hmm. was bringing his time to throw levels down to career lows. Jimmy Garoppolo, same thing. His two low, uh, lowest time to throw this season, both against Aaron Donald and the Rams, right? So how can you tailor your game plan defensively to that reality? Well, if, if a quarterback has made that concerted effort to get his the ball out of his hands fast, there's almost nothing you can do from a defensive line perspective, defensive ends or defensive tackles in terms of rushing the passer, because by the time you get your hands on a guy and make a move, the ball's already gone. So what you need to do is get your hands up. It's either going to go right over your head or out to the flat fast. So if you can get your hands up and try to disrupt that or knock one down, great. Uh, if you're an outside defender and you know that ball's coming out, cinch up on your coverage a little bit. And the one thing you can't do is miss tackles on the outside. That ball's coming out. He's trying to beat the defense to the spot with the football. So Eric Weddle has got to be perfect in tackling. Nick Scott, we know, likes to hit, but this is a game about tackling. Don't miss. Get these guys down. On a first down pass on a swing out, if it's caught at two, it can't be any more than three. What you can't have happen is a guy bounce off a tackle and pick up four extra yards. Now it's third and short or second and short where they have the benefit of a full playbook. So, but if a quarterback is trying everything he can to get the ball out, there's almost nothing you can do from a D-line perspective other than get your hands up and try to knock a few down. I know what Maurice is going to say about Jimmy G and throwing to the middle of the field and Debo and Kittle. We'll get there in a second, but DeMarco, let me follow up on the spine of the Rams defense personnel-wise real quick. We know mm -hmm. what they've got up front. But linebacker is interesting this week if Ernest Jones is available. And Eric Weddle is a difference maker in the back end. He played 60-plus snaps against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. How will that dynamic, those potential options for Raheem Morris, influence this particular matchup with Garoppolo and the Niners? Well, it, there's been less confusion in the back end. Can we all say that since Weddle has come back? The communication has been great. And... With the exception of one tiny late hit, I think he's been great, Eric Weddle. So, but eventually, the 49ers are going to match you up one-on-one. -on -one. You're going to get one-on-one -on -one with George Kittle down the spine, or he's going to break that thing out. Uh, when you look at the Niners and the way they kind of script their offense, if they have first-run success, it's usually followed by another run. First-run failure means George Kittle is coming next because they need to pick up extra yards, and they usually find a way to get him manned up. So... Either it's going to be Nick Scott, it's going to be Eric Weddle, it's going to be one of those linebackers in the middle with either a back out of the backfield and then trying to get George Kittle, trying to corral him either before or after the catch. That's no easy feat. That's a big reason why they're here. So even Troy Reader, who George Kittle has tortured and torched a few times, is going to have to cinch up. You're going to be in man coverage. You're going to be on an island against that guy, and you're going to have to come up big in these games. There's just no way around it. All right, MJD, do your thing. Debo Samuel has hurt the Rams receiving, rushing, now throwing the football. Take us through the NFC Championship defensive game plan against him. Well, this is the thing. I think I think DeMarco said it best just now, is if Garoppolo's getting the ball out quick, play man. Play man pressure and force him to double pump and hold it, right? You have to understand that he doesn't like to throw the ball outside the numbers, and that's just kind of part of his whole ordeal. And so for me, um, when you talk about the Niners and kind of what they're about and what they're doing, they're going to try to get the – they want to get into third and four. They want to get into third and three, anything under third and five. That's what they want to do. So, first down, if they get a, a no gain, expect a five-yard route behind it. That's just mm. what they want to get to. They want to take the game away. And so, if I'm the Rams, I'm playing what we call seam coverage, where everyone's dropping in between the numbers, and we're playing the seam, and we're going to give you the flats. we got to rally and tackle, like DeMarco said. We have to rally and tackle the flats because that's where Jimmy doesn't want to go with the ball. And so – 
if you look at it, and JB, I'll, I'll go through it one more time. On third down, this is what's going to happen. I want the lady, the ladies and gentlemen who are watching to understand this. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are normally going to run in-breaking routes. Oh, That's yeah. just what they do. <laughs> um, Jennings and Kittle will run an out-breaking route. And every mm-hmm. now and then they'll try to sneak Kittle up the seam just to make you keep you honest. But that's what they want to do on third down. And Jimmy's going to throw that outbreaking route, which Jennings beat us in week 18. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. He caught that outbreaking route. Um, a lot of confusion back then. Yeah. And he was able to get 15 yards, right? Yeah. And so you know that. Understand this. When Debo Samuel's in the backfield, they're going to hand him the ball. That's just what they're going to do. Like, I'd rather you play action fake and go up top. And we have 11 dudes trying to tackle Debo Samuel than – what we've seen where he lines up back, then you give him these lanes to run in. This is the other thing. And I've been watching the last two or three games. Uh, I've watched the last three games against the Niners. Mm-hmm. They are going to either formation and shift in motion to keep Aaron Donald away from the run play. So they're running away from Aaron Donald every time. They know he lines up on the weak side. They know he's going to be the uh, backside three technique. So they're going to formation everything, and they're going to run to the strength. And, and JB, we watch these games, and you'll be like, Maurice, how do you know that they're running this way? Because Aaron Donald's on the other side. He's not running towards Aaron Donald. And that was because you remember that game we called where Aaron Donald pretty much took over the game. He had four sacks, a forced fumble. Since that game, (laughs) it was in in San Fran. You remember that? It was in San Fran. Last win against the Niners. Yep. Since that game, everything has been away from Aaron Donald. Literally. That's how they've nullified it. So – it's on someone else to stand up and be that guy and make and make plays, right? He Kyle's has pretty much said, "Look, ninety nine is not going to beat us. Someone else has yeah. to, and that's what he's done." Demarco, I felt like you wanted to say something there. Can I move on? Or you want to tie that up? No, no, go for it. I just, uh, you know, when you know what the game plan is, um, then it it falls to the other guys to step up and make those plays. Or Aaron is just going to have to be Superman. That's just the way it goes. Find a way to make plays. Yeah. Well, as much as everything feels familiar against San Francisco, I am expecting one difference that came out of that divisional round game against Green Bay. Trent Williams was the best left tackle in football this year, according to a lot of sources. Who's expecting him to come in motion this Sunday at SoFi Stadium after what we saw against the Packers? Yep. And you can't <laughs> cut him now. How about that? You can't you can't cut big tackles like that. That's not fair. Yeah. Let's tackle, let's tackle something to watch for the Rams, too, with Joe Nopum filling in admirably at Tampa Bay again, but Andrew Whitworth hopefully on a comeback course. All right. I, I think we need to finish this edition and this conversation with Aaron Donald. And in a lot of ways, he is the driving force behind the Rams' entire narrative, especially here in 2021, right? When you have a transcendent talent, when you have the player that I think a lot of us feel like is going to go down as the greatest Ram in history, in his now 30s, how can you capitalize on that opportunity? How many chances can you get him to look at a Super Bowl? And this might be the best one that he has left. We all hope that he's got many left. But I, I think Raheem Morris captured that sentiment as well as I've heard it articulated uh, this week in his NFC Championship game presser. And I, I'd like to hear from the uh, Rams defensive coordinator here if we can. This building wants to win for Aaron Donald to create more mystique to his legacy and what it's done. You know, our people in PR, our people in community relations, our people in the football office, the the ops, everything that we have, the training room, the uh, his players, his brothers, we want to win for Aaron Donald. And I remember when I first got here and I watched that game you guys played last year in the uh, divisional game versus Green Bay, and you lost that game. And I remember watching Aaron Donald's face because they kept showing him on television. And I just looked into his eyes and I felt that hurt and I felt that pain. 
And when I got here, I was the first thing I said to him, I'm going to do everything in my power possible to help you win a championship. Your reaction? That's a coach now. You got goosebumps. <laughs> Big time. Um, it just made me think of anybody that's coached Barry Sanders up in Detroit. Uh, you've got something special. And, you know, how do you not win a championship with the best player in the game? So I understand where he's coming from. Uh, you want to win for Aaron, but you you definitely don't want to leave here saying that you wasted that talent. So uh, you got to get it done. And let me say one more thing. I know people have talked a lot about Raheem Morris and his game plan versus Seattle or San Francisco and what happened. But remember, this is three different coordinators that San Francisco has run through. Wade Phillips, 0 for 2, gone. Brandon Staley, 0 for 2, out. Now it's his turn. So uh, this is not just one guy and one game plan. This has been three years of the same stuff. So it's up to the players. I'm glad he pointed this out. It's up to the players. The guys on the field have to say enough, man. Uh, this ain't about the X's and the O's Sunday. This is about the Johnny's and the Joe's and the Aaron's. You know, how many times are you going to let the same guys beat you over and over again? Now the stakes can't be higher. So hopefully Aaron is Aaron and everyone else feels like Raheem Morris does and bring their A game to win and win for him at the same time. All right, here is the uh, Can I say this to Can I say this to Andy real quick just before we go to the next for Aaron? This is like the uh, Pacquiao Marquez, right? They fought three times, right? You had a game plan the first time. You had a game plan the second time. The third time was a street fight. That's what it is. This is going to be whatever you can get your hands on, you better throw it on the field because we got to empty our buckets. There is no more game plan. They know what you're going to do. You know what they're going to do. And like DeMarco said, who's going to step up and be that guy? Who's willing to run into Debo as many times as he has to to stop him from getting yards? Right. And, and, and I, I think that's the most important thing. I'm guessing the uh, three time NFL defensive player of the year is here's Aaron Donald. It meant a lot. You know, it, it definitely meant a lot hearing that. Um, but again, it, it ain't just for me. It's for the organization. It's for guys like, you know, Witt and Stafford. They've been playing this game a little longer than me and ain't experienced that neither. So um, we got a lot of veteran guys, you know, Weddle's back. So we, we got a lot of vet- veteran guys that, you know, we we trying to, you know, get that ultimate goal for. So um, it, it meant a lot for them guys to, you know, feel like they're trying to do it for me too. Because, um, you know, I, I know I'm getting my all and trying to do everything I can in my power to, you know, do my part to help accomplish that goal. So to know that them guys is riding with me mean a lot. So. And there's the uh, the we, not me from Aaron Donald, of course, as you would expect. But yeah, both things can be true. I mean, I, I think about just about every major move the Rams have made, going back to trading for Jalen Ramsey, certainly Matthew Stafford, Vaughn Miller. Again, it all connects to Aaron Donald being the best player on the planet and surrounding him with the best supporting cast that can get you a chance like this one at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. All right, DeMarco Farr, back to you for a final thought. Maurice, you'll uh, get the chance to. Oh, boy, Uh, this is huge. Uh, You know, this is an old and bitter rivalry that's kind of been watered down some. I'll give you that because of the emergence of Seattle. Uh, They've kind of created their own rivalries with the Rams and with the 49ers. But this goes back a long way, and it's it's a hurtful deal. And like I said this before, I mean, this is a huge buildup, and I don't want to put too much on the team right now, but you have to think about it. Like you said, you're doing this in your house versus your biggest rival. So all of L.A. is watching. You want to build and cultivate fans. This is how you do it. There were a bunch of kids that are going to watch this game. If you win it, get to the Super Bowl that know nothing but the Rams winning and getting to Super Bowls. That's how you build those lifelong fans. So 
The opposite is also true, man. Uh, this could be damaging. So this is for all the marbles. This is it. Uh, this is why you lift all them weights. This is why you, you, you hire that dietitian to get to moments like this. And what a wonderful opportunity to do so, really, to go through San Francisco, to play in a Super Bowl in your own house, and hopefully win it there. If they do, and I'll say this, and I'm probably get a bunch of texts when I do, this will be the greatest Ram team ever. They will eclipse ours in 99. Maybe not player for player with the, with the Hall of Famers. We, we have a lot of those on, on that team I was on. But for what they had to go through and how they had to retool and what they're doing now to get through the postseason and win it here in Los Angeles, this will be the greatest team, the Ram, greatest Ram team ever. But you have to get through San Francisco first. So it's time to eat those rusty nail sandwiches, man. It's time to pull the shades and – Look at that man in the mirror. It's going to take everything you got, and I mean every guy, from the last guy to, the, to Aaron Donald. It's going to take every single person, coaches too, to get this done because San Francisco wants to put your lights out. So you're going to have to match that and overcome that and win this game on Sunday in SoFi. I've had five days worth of goosebumps and two more still to come, but I'm not sure anything topped that, DeMarco. That was awesome. NJD, I'm thinking back to week 18 and the look in your eyes as we sat there to try and wrap our mind around the 17-0 lead disappearing and the losing streak being extended to six. And you called your shot, man. You saw this coming. JB, I, I think DeMarco said it earlier that week that in order for the Rams to win the Super Bowl, at least when he won the Super Bowl, they had to beat the Niners, Right. And it's only true. It's only poetic. And it, it reminds me um, of this. I was trying to make it quick, but it's a story. My, young, my oldest son wanted to play football, and I used to tell him, no, don't do it. And we put him out there. He was seven, and he didn't want to cross. He wanted to practice, a great practice guy. He did not want to cross the lines. You know why? Because it was just too much for him. It was too loud. It was too bright. And so I pulled him to the side, and I said, listen, bro, if you want to play this game, when, 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 it, gets, when it gets the brightest, you got to shine brighter, right? You have to be – the best player, if this is what you want to do, we don't do things to be average. We don't do things just to be whatever. Like, we go out there to be the best at all times. And that's what this game is about, right? Everything throughout this, the since we've been here, since 2016, has been for this one moment, right? Think about this. The first NFC Championship game in Los Angeles. The trade for Stafford. The trade for Jalen Ramsey. The trade for Von Miller. All the different things that has happened – at the end of the day, this is what it's all about, right? Like DeMarco said, this is where legends are created, right? This is how fans are born. This is how people remember these things. When we get older, when I get old and gray, I want to be able to tell my kids, hey, I played in the first NFC Championship game in SoFi Stadium. They're going to be like, you didn't play. You're right, I didn't play. But you don't know that, right? A lot of these things are going to come and all these things are going to happen. Everything is going to be for this. And at the end of the day, I've said this before, Aaron Donald is going to have to make a play. Jalen Ramsey is going to have to make a play. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have to make a play. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, your stars are going to have to show up and make a play. Von Miller, you're going to have to make a play to win this game. You can't go and be silent in this type of game because this is where stars are built for. This is what this is why, like you said, this is why you play the game of football. You don't play it for playing regular season games. Like no one, everyone gets to do that. But not everyone gets to host the NFC Championship game against your rival on a team that's beaten you and the fan base of a team that thinks that this is their stadium south, right? Mm. There's a lot of disrespect going on. And the only way you earn respect is by hitting the guy in the mouth that's disrespecting you. 
I can't wait to call this one. I really can't. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go on the field. It's going to be so much <laughs> excitement, man. Like, think of all the stars that are going to be out there. And I'm going to tell you this. I'll end it with this. I heard that a sweep cost a million dollars for this game. Oof. That tells you how how much this means, how exciting this opportunity is. In a, in a city that has the BET Awards, Oscars, all these places, people are willing to pay a million dollars to see you play. Man, that's going to be insane. I don't want to breeze past Deuce being that dude now, and someday people are going to be paying a million bucks to see him play too, Maurice. I hope so. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll be the ball. <laughs> All right, let me uh, finish with this. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to this week's Between the Horns, of course. It's presented by your Southern California Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. If you are looking for your chance to purchase Super Bowl tickets, the Rams are offering a chance to make that happen. By February 1, fans who purchase 2022 season tickets or renew their season tickets for 22 are going to be entered into a sweepstakes for an opportunity to buy Super Bowl 56 tickets. Being a Rams season ticket member entitles you to benefits like guaranteed home playoff ticket access and savings, pre-sale opportunities for SoFi Stadium events, exclusive member experiences and gifts, and a whole lot more. Plus, in 22, you're going to get an extra home game included as part of the NFL's 17-game regular season formula. It is a first-place schedule for your reigning NFC West champions. For more information and to purchase your 2022 Rams season tickets, go to therams.com slash 2022, therams.com slash 2022. DFAR, MJD, two more days. Can't wait to see you in Inglewood on Sunday. Love you guys. Let's get them. Let's get them. Love you too, man. Let's go. Ah. Let's go. Ah. <laughs> ah.